Thank you for coming out to the Father's house. Welcome those who are joining us online, Albion Extension, Monroe Extension. Thank you for coming back to the same seat and thank you for occupying new seats. It's such a joy to see you this morning. You know, we've been speaking about invitations and how the two groups of people, those with FOMO, you're so scared you're not going to be invited. You don't even know the people and you're saying yes. You always want to be in and there's people with phobia, the fear of being invited. And when you get an invite, you just dry heave. You just don't want to just, I want to go, but I don't want to go. But invitations is interesting because invitation is somebody's formal request for your presence to participate in what they have envisioned and what they have prepared for you as a very special guest. Now, invitation is free will. We can say yes, we can say no, or we can say yes, and when we get there, we don't participate in what was envisioned. In other words, it's, it's almost you're there, but you're not actively involved. The only way that you will truly fulfill the desire and what was envisioned is to show up and be active in what has been envisioned. We said that God is a God of invitation. You know, he doesn't make us, he invites us with his kindness and goodness. And his invites always has transformation at its center. Never when Jesus sat with people was there no transformation that followed. Uh, what, what did Zacchaeus say? He says, I don't know, salvation has come to my house. The blind man says, I don't know, I was blind, but now I can see. Jesus always have transformation. What is transformation? It's something in its former state that has been transformed into new state. That scripture says, if you believe in him, he says, any man that's in Christ will become a brand new creature. Old things have passed away. Look, everything has become new. In other words, within that invite of transformation, scripture says, from the beginning of time before the foundation of the earth, God already in mind that everything that sin and a sinful world will do to you, God will redeem it and restore you back into what he intended for us before sin entered the picture. And he calls that the image of his son. Now within that invite, God says, I invite you. You can either say no, and there's no transformation, or you can say yes and participate. What does participate means? It means putting what you believe in action, being active in the activity of God. Or you can be so inspired, I can preach you into a frenzy and you'll be motivated, but still when you leave, you do not actively apply it and work it out in your life. I can tell you this, I've come to the discovery that even the most expensive gym experience, all I enjoyed was the very sophisticated protein drinks. That's all I did. I would go in there, my best friends were the ones who sold the protein drink. There was no physical change in me. It was still, you touch me, you're touching bone. There is nothing because I had desire to show up. 
but I had no desire to push through the resistance to build muscle, right? And I want you to know that the invite that we're speaking on is an invite to what God called rest, the Sabbath. Now, when you think Sabbath, many of you that grew up in Christian homes, kind of, it's like saying Mufasa, Mufasa. You just had to not do nothing, and that's not what this is. Because ultimately, Jesus said this on the day of the feast. Are you thirsty? Come to me, and I will give you living water. He says the world has got a water too. It's like a glass of salt water. You drink it, but it creates more thirst. But the water that I have is living water. You will never thirst again. The rest that we are talking about is not sleeping and watching 94 episodes of Netflix. It's a replenishing rest that God invites us to. And the question is, why is he inviting us to it? But one thing I can tell you that Jesus said in the New Testament, and think about the speed of their life in the New Testament. What is the worst thing that can go wrong? Your mule goes astray? I don't know. And think about the complexity and the speed of our life right now that we are connected to a digital world and most of you before you even get to work your mind is engaged in about hundred and fifty thousand bits of information your inner world never stops it's not just physical it's mental and Jesus said to people back then are you tired are you weary are you worn out he says come away from me let me show you how to rest. Learn from me. He says, I will put nothing ill-fitting on you. In other words, I will ask of you nothing that makes you feel like you carry more obligation. He says, if you come away with me, I will teach you. Listen to this beautiful cadence and description. It's so poetic. I will teach you the gentle rhythms of of grace what is grace grace is what makes you achieve more than what you can do on your own grace is what causes you to carry things longer and further grace is that thing that God bestows on you where you can get through life without life getting into you he says come away now here we sit today after a very long week how many of you had one of those weeks you, you know one of those weeks the one that Satan desired designed in hell you know what I mean you plan a good week and yet one phone call and everything is array how many of you look back at a week and you can't even remember Tuesday because life just rumbles and when you think ahead the only hope you have is the vacations that you plan there is somebody that I know that is so interesting. They go on vacation once a year, and when they come back, then that person posts 364 more days to vacation. 363 more days to... Every time I look at that, I go like, what's the point of being alive? Stab me in the eye right now. You know what I mean? Because do I, am I only alive when I'm on vacation? Because for me personally, and I don't know about you, the most frustrating thing of vacation is I can be there, but it 
feels like I'm going to lose my mind because I cannot rest in the rest. You feel that ants are eating you alive. You're on your phone. You cannot just be at peace. Now today, we're going to talk about why does God think it important to invite us into a time of rest every week? Living rest. But before we do that, I would love to for you to do this. I know this neighbor stuff is really irritating. Right? Turn to the person you like the most right now. Come on, turn to them and say, just go with it. Then turn to the other person that you go like, why are they sitting next to me? Turn to them and say, just go with it. Just go with it. Okay. Okay, everybody, those online as well. I want you to do me a favor. Just go with it. I want you to take the deepest breath that you can and hold it. Take a deep breath. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Don't you dare. Jesus is watching. Don't you dare. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. If you see visions, breathe. If you feel you're going to pass out, breathe. But hold it. Just hold it. Hold it. All the people who love to be competitive right now, like, I'm holding it, I'm holding it, I'm going to hold it the longest. Just hold it. Just hold it. You can do it. Hold it. Hold it. So interesting. I'm going to let you hold it for four minutes. The interesting part is that not a single person here can hold it indefinitely. At the end of the day, you're going to gasp for air. Can I tell you there's not a single person in this place that can defy the invite to rest. There's not a single person in this place that goes like, I don't need rest. I was made and born strong. I was born in Ohio. Yeah, no. When God invites us, he knows we are made to need it. So I want you to take a deep breath. Nobody can get to you right now. Not the bank manager, not your landlord, not Instagram that measures your likes and dislikes. Just breathe and know that God knows your name right now. And I want you to just listen to the words of this song. If you want to close your eyes and just know that you are loved by God. Listen to the words of the song. This goes out to the worried, this goes out to the stressed, sorting out a million thoughts running through your head. To everyone that's waiting for better days ahead, you're tired, you're frustrated, leaving words unsaid. Just breathe, it's a miracle we can breathe, there's power in the way that we breathe, release your heavy burden, 
think we can defy the limits of our humanity what we desire drives us but I pray today that you would cause our hearts to hear for how you love us you want to preserve in us not only longevity but a cadence and a rhythm of grace by which we live. Thank you that you love us enough that you provided this beautiful pocket of living rest that caused our hearts to breathe again and our lives to be recalibrated to what matters most in life. Give us ears to hear. Keep our attention riveted to what is essential to life and living in its fullness to what you have designed and desire. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you help me just thank all of our volunteers and our worship team and tech people that are here so early on a Sunday? They are such a gift to us. Thank you, worship team. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, here we are. And I am I'm so excited to share with you what I am learning at the moment in this. Because you know that between and God's invite, He never makes us. He invites us. Between you and I, between us and God's invite, stands this thing that is not evil it's innate to the human experience. It is this thing called desire. Now, desire is an interesting thing because ultimately, desire is, um, is what drives us forward. We can have good desires and we can have bad desires. But you know, the conclusion that I have is that desire in its very essence simply has an equation that sounds like this more times more equals still not enough more times more equal even better never enough remember Thomas Aquinas said this what will it take to satisfy the human heart he says everything 
Because ultimately you and I wake up on a Monday and we are chasing something. We are pursuing something. We are working towards something. But we think, if I can just get it, then everything's going to change. If, if I then, if I then. And I can tell you this, that whatever you and I multiply in our lives, it never produces what it promises in the race. So what do I mean by that? The word Sabbath is a very interesting word because it means he rested. But at the core of this beautiful Hebrew word Shabbat, it's two very distinct words. The first distinct word is the word to exterminate. That sounds a little strong. The word exterminate means to eliminate and to eradicate something. And I want to say someone, but that would not work. That would not work. Something. But it's a verb. It is not a desire. It's something we do. If we say we're going to eradicate um, all the ants in our kitchen, you do something to get rid of something. The second part, the root of that is to desist. That means it's a verb to cease from doing something. In other words, I do it, but when I am in the Sabbath, I desist. I refrain from doing that thing. Now, the first time we see in Scripture where God talks about Sabbath, the rest. First time he talks about eradicating and desisting from something is in Genesis chapter 2. And I'm going to invite you. No, that's not the one. There it is. And I'm going to invite you to read it out loud with me. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to hook you up because I know you read slow. I'm going to hook you up. I'm going to read out loud for us both. Come on. It goes like this. The Bible says, by the seventh day, God had finished his work. And on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. What did he do? He desist from eliminated. He ceased to do what he did for six days. And he eliminated, eradicated of allowing what he did for six days to enter the seventh day. And then the Bible says, and God, come on, and God, and God, he blessed the seventh day. It didn't say he blessed you, he blessed the day. Now what does that mean? The blessing of God is intangible, but once it's on someone's life, it produces goodness, overflow, joy, prosperity, peace, provision. It is this thing where, where you say to somebody, why is it that you are born with a golden spoon in your mouth? Whatever you do, it works. There is something about them that just succeeds. The Bible says those who enter into that seventh day, that seventh day, carry a divine blessing. In other words, something tangible will stay with you the other six days when you enter into this day that God has blessed. Now the question is, does God need rest? Does God ever go like, dang, this was a tough week for me with earth. Man, they stubborn. I need a, I need a sleep. No, no, no. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, the Lord our God never gets weary or tired. Now Isaiah, never get weary or tired. 
He, he says, the, the watchman over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. He works the night shift. He never gets tired. But why did God rest? I'm going to tell you why. Because God is showing and modeling to us that everything in creation has rhythms. Everything. What, what does the Bible say in the book of Ecclesiastes? Come on, read it out loud for me. Let me, let me just make sure I'm there. What does it say? For? For what? Everything. For everything there is a? Season and time. If you're everything, shout yes. Yeah, see, some of you are not convinced you read everything. The interesting thing is, as I looked at that scripture, is that everything in creation yields itself or heal itself to the seasons in creation. We have winter, spring, summer, fall. There is no corn stalk that holds onto the corn cob and say, I am no ordinary corn. I refuse to be overcome by seasons. I will just stand tall and I'm above seasons. Seasons don't shake me. I shake seasons. I don't feel my feelings. My feelings will feel me. Do you know what I mean? They're defiant. I'm above it all. Uh, you know what is so interesting is that we as humans are the only ones that think we can defy seasons. And when we think we can defy seasons, I want you to know there is nothing that can defy seasons. Because God has made everything for season. That's why uh, winter is so hard for us. Because it causes and calls for us to take on a different posture. Because you can't fight the seasons. Now, the first time that God looked at his people and he says... I'm going to speak to you about a day of rest every seventh day. Now, when you say, are we going to discuss which day it is? Absolutely not. Because in Matthew, because people can get so tied up and say, no, it's Saturday. It's Friday. It's Thursday. And Bible says, Jesus said this, you were not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for you. In other words, it's not you serving the Sabbath is the Sabbath is a pocket of time for you to find rest. Because some of you work two shifts, you work odd days, and God's not going to go like, yep, quit your job, because if you do not do it on Saturday, you're not doing it at all. That's not how God works. But he is talking about a period of 24 hours that you allocate to this. But the way that God introduces this is very strange. I want you to just pay attention to this. He's about to break open to you the biggest invite. Let me explain to you the invite. Would you ever quit a job when they employ you and say, Hey, I know you work five days a week, but every fifth day I want you to stay home. We will pay you. We want you to rest. How many of you would say, Oh no, I don't like that idea at all. I like to work and I will not let you pay me if I don't work. No, none of us will go. We will all go around and go like, I've got working for the best company in the whole stinking wide world. They are so humane. They pay me to rest. You will not quit that job even if Beelzebub is in charge of the company. Because who would not want to be paid to rest? Because it's a gift and here God comes and he introduces a gift in a weird way.
see how he introduces this. Let's read it together. He starts with this. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. Come on, read it with me. Remember that you were what the heck? Why, God, do you start this? I'm going to introduce you to a replenished time of rest. But you start with, remember, you were slaves in Egypt. Then he continues, he says, And that the Lord your God brought you out there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Come on, shout the next word. Therefore. What does therefore mean? In other words, it's connecting what I'm about to tell you. In other words, remember you were slaves in Egypt. Pharaoh was a slave driver. When you complain, he makes the work seven times harder. He, he, he was driving you into the ground. Remember, I saved you from that. Therefore, now listen, therefore, this is what God says. The Lord, your God, has commanded you to observe, adhere to, a day of eliminating eradicating and moving from the rat race of work now he says this I command you come on just shout that with me I command you come on say I not command command let's say it together I I command you command doesn't work for me I command you I command you now, you know, raising kids, there's certain things that are suggestions. Like, I, it's a great idea to brush your teeth if you want to get a boyfriend or girlfriend. If you want to get married, brush your teeth. Um, if you want to um, if you wanna play with friends, that's a great thing. But there are other things that are non-negotiables, like cleaning your room. Because otherwise, I'm raising someone else's nightmare. It's, it's not optional. Honoring your mom, speaking to her in a respectful way, and saying to me, Dad, don't call me peer or father. Uh-uh. It's not how it's going to work. When they started calling me dad, I go like, this is how it goes. When you say daddy, the wallet stays open. When you say dad, it's shut. <laughs> Both my kids to this day calls me daddy. Daddy, it's what I like, right? In other words, I, command is essential to your well-being. A suggestion is just rudimentary. It will make you a little better, but it will not ruin you. But when God says, I command you, he says, I need you to understand how essential this is. Because God is not putting rules on us to weigh us down. Listen to me. Whenever people become so law-driven, I have to do this, I have to do this. No, no, no. God is just saying, if you love me, you'll do these things. You know why? Because my love is always at the center of what I tell you to do. Because my love wants to bring out the best in you. You've got to understand the severity of the penalty that you will pay in your life because... This is not an invite for mere thrills. This is a rescue of the human heart. It's the rescue of the human soul. It's the rescue of your whole life that you can't get a mulligan for. And he says this, observe, adhere to the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, which means 
God set it aside. As the Lord your God has commanded you. Come on, six days. You shall? Yeah, six days. Come on, six days. You shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is Sabbath to the Lord your God. Wait, 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 wait. Why does God make this so serious? He says, when you enter into the Sabbath, it's to the Lord your God. Now, check this out. Check this out. The only way I can help you to remind you, open your left hand. Open your left hand. Come on, everybody. If you're happy and you know it, open your left hand. Pom, pom, pom. You go like, oh, I don't like doing these things. I'll just do it. I'm, I'm trying to help us all. Trying to help us all. I want you in the left hand to know that God says, remember, the system of Pharaoh creates slavery. Hold on to that. That system will drive you day in and day out. It will tell you that you've got to chase certain things. And when you catch it, it promises you you're not going to be anxious, filled with anxiety, fear. You're going to have value. You're going to be rich. Uh, you're going to have esteem. And can I tell you something? Whatever you think you're going to get that you run after, God will unclothe you of those things before you die. Listen, people who have a lot right now doesn't usually die with a lot. I've seen people with so much, but they are so desperately unhappy and they have not lived a single day of their entire life because they think if I can make so much, then I can just live freely. And once they get to that place, they are running to the ground. They have lost their true north. They don't know how to rest because the system of Pharaoh is there to make you a slave of running and getting and it's empty promises. He says, but, right hand, right hand, but unto God, under His rulership and lordship, He invites you to take a day to rest. Grab it, grab it. It makes no sense. How can I succeed if I take a day rest? Because if, if I'm not working, then I'm losing. And if I'm not working, then I'm seeing who's working and I feel guilty that I'm not working. And I'm losing followers. I'm losing momentum. I can't do that. I'm going to lose clients. And God says, yeah, you've got to choose. Do you want to be under the slavery of Pharaoh and the world around you with empty promises? Or do you want to trust me into something that makes no sense where I am the Lord of your life and I am able to give you more than what you ever think you desire. But here is the problem, church. Whenever God talks about provision, He talks about today. You know what makes us anxious? It's not today. It's tomorrow. It's next week. What are the things that's a nightmare in your head? It's not the moment you sleep. It's what you're going to wake up to. Come on. Come on, work with me. It's the not enough of tomorrow. Don't you understand that God gave them manna for the day? He says, pick up manna for the day. If you take extra for tomorrow, tomorrow's manna is going to rot. Because I'm a God of today. You trust me for today. And I will take care of your tomorrow. You see, you, you've got to understand and it sounds so simple but it's it's so hard as I'm doing this I'm saying God I would love to believe this but I'm a victim of declaring it 
but not living it. Because in that moment, our humanity tells us the thing is to run, run, run. How does the saying say the moment the gazelle wakes up in the savannah, the one who gets up early and runs all day will survive the day. The early bird gets the worm. How many times do we say that? But you know, the only problem is us birds don't get a worm. We want to get all the worms. And we promise ourselves if we get all the worms, then we don't have to get up. And that never happens that way. In other words, there is something so powerful. Read this out loud with me. I'm, I'm done. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's a short message. Thank God. That's a short message. Short message. I've got one more page. Come on. Let's read this out loud. And sorry, there is a word there that shouldn't be there. Sabbath is a profound call as a holy defiance to a system that enslaves by creating feelings of dissatisfaction and convincing you that your dissatisfaction can only be satisfied by acquiring more. In other words, to even consider a day of rest. And we're going to talk about what that looks like. If you don't understand, it's a defiance to the lie that more will satisfy. It is a defiance to, aren't you tired of running? Come on now. How many of you are just tired of running? How many of you are tired of looking at a whole year and it's Christmas again? Man, every time we have an audit at the church, and we've had an audit for the last, dang, since 2008. So you, you know that your finances are good. Um, we just had an audit again this week. And as I walk into the room, the one lady has been doing the audit since 2008. And I go like, you were just here yesterday. A whole year has passed. Do you know that feeling like, what happened? We're just running, 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 running. Now listen, what Walter Brueggemann said, this is so potent. His conclusion of that invite of Christ is this. The conclusion affirmed by this narrative of Pharaoh, the slave driver, and God brought us out of slavery. He says, is that whenever God governs as an alternative to Pharaoh, what is Pharaoh the system of enslavement, of commerce, of running, of more, of working, of never resting. The restlessness, the restfulness of God effectively counters the restless anxiety of Pharaoh in our own contemporary context. Of the rat race of anxiety, the celebration of Sabbath is an act of both resistant resistance and alternative what is he saying this is what Jesus said Jesus says this come on Christ has come on shout I'm free now come on do a William Wallace oh that's pathetic shout I am free are you but then he says Take your stand. Why does he say take your stand? Because there is a desire of an empire of economy. Run. More is more. Work, work, work. Worry, worry. The desires 
to make you a slave again. Can I say this with great respect? And I include myself in this. Many of us in this room are affluent slaves. Oh, let that sink in deeper, 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 deeper. <clears throat> affluent slaves. You drive the most beautiful car, but you're a slave in a car. You live in a beautiful house, but you're a slave living in a beautiful house. Bible says, don't let anybody put on you the yoke of slavery again. I have set you free. You say, Pastor P, then how do I stay free? You have got to make the decision that the only way to be free is to enter into a time period. Scripture talks about 24 hours. You can pick those 24 hours where the first three things that you refuse to do is to work, think about work, or think about want and worry. You go like, not possible. I know. But it is possible. Because you know what? The only time anxiety comes is when you think of what you want and what you don't have. Because if I had to ask the question right now of you, Jesus is coming in one hour. Do you have more than enough right now for the next hour before he takes us to heaven? And the answer would be what? Absolutely yes. Now God says this. The only way that we can enter into a defiance of slavery is to enter a time of rest. What does that time of rest means? It's a time where we can truly say what Psalm 23 says. Come on, you know it. Lord's Prayer in Psalm 23. If you don't know that, that's really bad. That's really, really. I'm just saying. I'm saying. It's like nursery rhymes. You should know those two things, okay? It goes like this. The Lord is my yeah, yeah. I shall not stop. Is that true? Really true? Really true? She says, honestly, no. And I love that honest answer. Because if we believe the Lord is able to give us a day of no want, then we would become sheep to that shepherd. But if we feel that's poetic, then we go like, I love the poem. But if I don't take care of me, there's no Lord that's going to be my shepherd that's going to take care of me. So either you've got to decide God is poetry or God is a promise keeper. And you will not know it until you test God in being a shepherd. How do you test him? By becoming a sheep. Listen, I've never met a sheep that go like, well, I'm doing this. I'm telling you right now. If this <laughs> sheep trusts, sheep trust, sheep trust, sheep trust. I used to work at an agricultural farm in my 20s as a chaplain. Sheep trust. Never been to sheep. And they go like, who are you? What are your credentials? No, sheep trust. They always believe that you have good in. He says, Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. Come on. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Here's the one. He restores my soul. Oh, you know what it's speaking of? The promise of God. When you enter out of the rat race of Pharaoh and into defiance, choosing a day to rest and leave what is undone in the hands of God. God, when people don't call their customers, they lose customers. I'm putting them in your hands. That's a reality, God. But I'm going to choose your more than enough over my running myself into the ground. I am going to do something different. Because church, I can tell you this. If we don't follow the shepherd that leads us down in green pastures and restores our soul, he will eventually make you lie down in green pastures. You will give in, you will give out, and you will run to the green pastures as sure as there's a God in heaven because there's not a single person in this place that can defy gravity. Neither can you defy rest. You cannot defy it and say, I only need two hours of sleep a night. I'm superhuman. Really, really live a little. Oh, I, I, I just eat a Twinkie a week and I'm just fine. Really? You cannot defy what the human body, psyche needs. I don't need people around me. I don't even trust them. I don't even like them. Hartley likes my dog. It's just me and Jesus. No. God didn't make you to function at your best without community of people. So you say, Pastor P, what are you saying at the end of the day? I am saying that I believe with all of my heart. And next week I'm going to finish this message series up. And we're going to practice these four things. God commands because he wants to rescue us. I don't know about you. But life goes very fast. And if you're in your 20s and 30s. From 40s, it's, all the, it's just down, it's just down, it's all the way down. It, then you look back and you evaluate yourself about what you can remember about you at your best. That's torture. And you begin to think about everything and every vacation and you were not even present and you can't have it over. You can't even remember being present with your children. They were irritation to your achievements. They, they were just annoying and now you have time for them but they don't have time for you. Now your house is quiet. The jacuzzi is whirling in the pool, the spouting little, little butterfly spouts and you are sitting there and you hate every moment because you, you have run yourself into the ground creating something for those who don't want to be here no more. Teach us to number our days. That we may live wisely. And here's the thing that God wants us to do. On that day. We're going to talk about it next week. So I'm going to conclude this. He wants us to stop. Shout stop. Oh come on. Like the song. Stop in the name of love. Come on. Shout stop. It's going to take a radical. Stop it. I've had enough. Then 
rest. Rest comes in many forms. Then delight, shout delight. delight. Oh my gosh, if I tell you the delight of how this is practiced, there is something in the, the marriage that's a delight. There is not a single man in this place that will say no to Sabbath. I promise you right now. The delight, delight is, is, is be free and unencumbered with the worry of life. Is to be fully human, carefree, unworried, unburdened. Delight, and when we talk about to worship, it's not about singing songs with your wife or your spouse or your partner in the car saying let's worship at Sabbath. It's not that, it's not that, it's not that. It's delighting in God's creation. When you listen to that, why... Would we ever say, yeah, that sounds really nice, but I love running. Love running myself into the ground. Love losing my bearing because he says this. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of rightness and righteousness for his name's sake. On this day of rest, he recalibrates our true north. He recalibrates what's important. He recalibrates what's worth investing in. How many of you know that you can put your life into something and all of a sudden realize it was not worth it? It's not worth it. This is not an invite to poverty and stupidity. This is an invite to rescuing us from the slavery of the world around us. Come on, let's just close our eyes. Say breathe. It's a miracle we can breathe. There's power. There's power in the way that we breathe. Release. Release your heavy burdens and let everything that has breath praise. Sing again, breathe. Oh, just breathe. It's a miracle we can breathe. There's power in the way that we breathe. Release your heavy, release your heavy burdens and let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Can I invite you to just open your hands in front of you? You don't have to, but it would be so beautiful if you could. As you open your hands, God knows that we are human. I want you to mentally put everything in your hands that is giving you anxiety, fear, that's driving you, that's calling you, that you are chasing, just put it in your hands. And I invite you to just whisper this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, you are mindful that I'm human. This is what I bring you right now. You said I'm not meant to carry all of this. You invited me to put this on you. I pray that you would help me to break out of this spiral of unseen slavery 
to empty promises. Help me to see and believe that you are capable to do what you have promised. I believe. Help my unbelief. In Jesus' name, amen. I love being your pastor. I love looking you in the eyes. And last thing, turn to your neighbor and say, if you don't sit in the same seat next week, I swear as anything, I will find you on Instagram. I will hunt you down. Because next week we're going to conclude this in practice, in the practicality. And Caroline is going to call her Caroline. Pastor Caroline is going to come and tell you more about where you can learn more about the practice of Sabbath. I love you so much. I can't wait to see you next weekend.